And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgans here as today's host of Startup Hustle, covering all things e-commerce, Amazon startups, you name it. We're going to be covering it all. Um, founder of Marknology, and here to talk to you about how Amazon advertising works. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult. Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and as a platform to help you manage that team easily. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. And now to today's guest, a friend, a colleague. We're in a couple of masterminds together, um, a thought leader in, in regards to advertising on Amazon. Elizabeth Green, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me on. I am absolutely thrilled to be here. Thank you for coming back. This is actually our second recording, our second take at this. Um, our first round of audio didn't take. And so while we had a great time chatting, uh, it was just for us. So we wanted to give you guys some value. Um, like we did the first time, Elizabeth, like I would love to just get into your backstory a little bit and understand, you know, how you found Amazon advertising, how you found entrepreneurship. Um, you're, you're in Florida, I think near Ocala, mm -hmm. um, correct me if I'm wrong. And, um, my family lived there a little bit as well. So some stomping grounds, but tell me how, tell me where your story begins. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it's kind of interesting. I love how everybody has their own path in the Amazon space or a lot of different spaces in general. Um, my background was not in corporate. It's not in anything really business building. Uh, before I was doing this full time, I was actually full time at home. Uh, so for those of you who don't know me, I have several kids. When I say several, I mean six. Um, and so that kept me busy enough. We also homeschooled, which is awesome. Still homeschooling. Uh, absolutely love it. Love having the family unit together. And that's really was and still is, honestly, my main driver for what I'm doing right now is what I was always looking for. And as a family, we were looking for is a way for the family unit to be even closer. I grew up in a very close knit family. My dad worked outside the home, but again, I was homeschooled. I loved that like really tight knit community. I have several siblings. We're all super close. And I attribute a lot of that to like us just being around each other all the time growing up. Um, so always looking to foster that. But of course, like my husband's part of the family too, and a major part of the family. And so finding some way where we could all be interactive with him um, was kind of like, again, it's still the main driver. Um, so ended up in this world and then specifically in Amazon advertising, running that, helping sellers manage it. Um, and so that that's where I ended up. And you know, I can give more backstory on the in-between. Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, we talked about like, you know, it started out a little bit with retail arbitrage mm -hmm. or, or, or um, reselling. 
and then it just kind of evolved from there. Was it was it retail arbitrage that like you, know, yeah. you started with, or was it like print on demand? Can you remind me? Yeah. So, like backstory is my husband um, and his family are very entrepreneurial. Like always have been, always will be. I'm sure. Um, so my father in law is like a general contractor. They've done car lots. They've done sold sheds. They, of course, you know, build. I think that his parents ran a pet store at one point. Like, I mean, all of the above, like they've done, they've tried, you know, the kind of people that will write a business plan on a napkin and go do it. Like that very much that spirit. Um, So I do not grow up in an entrepreneurial background, although I do did grow up in a background of family where it was very much, if you put your mind to it, you can do it. Anything can be learned. So I did have that going for me. Um, but I'd always been with my husband more of like a support role. So as he was going outside of the house, still working in the family business, but still having to like go do, you know, typical, it has to be nine to five. Like if you're on job sites, you have to go out and do something on the job site. You can't do it from the house. Um, So I was always looking for like, what's the thing that can let us do it from home? So there's things like Etsy, print on demand, oh goodness, you know, like, print on demand t-shirt just something that allows you to provide at, at that point it was more of a um i would say product and just just looking so along those lines any of those you can succeed at um however my thought in the at the time was very much let me try this but any of those things even what i've done even where we are now like it's taken me years to build up what i have now um so yeah. anything needs to have time and effort put in over a longer period of time i think i burned out a little bit too quick on most of those um yeah along the way i found or we found when i say i like my husband was still doing his you know typical nine to five so i would be the one okay so there's this thing called retro arbitrage cool let me like drag all the kids i think at that point i had four like to the stores like scan all the things figure out if if you can sell it sold a couple of things and I was like, well, this is a lot of anything is effort. That was a lot of effort, especially with the kids. Yeah. So I was like, all right, you know, there's online arbitrage. So maybe you find something online and that's, oh, wait, there's this private label thing. You know, you don't have to continuously source products. Yes, it's a whole nother. It's still the same ecosystem, but different challenges. It's, it's different challenges. So I was like, all right, you know, let's try this. Um, and then along the way, I had twins. So that was like four somewhere along the line. I had twins. And that pregnancy was a bit much <laughs> to say. <laughs> so that kind of wound down. Again, we were like in the, hey, let's try this phase. It wasn't like, hey, let's put in the effort, do or die type mentality. So again, it was very easy to wind down. Um, but along the way, got into the Amazon ecosystem, found out that like, hey, there's this thing called advertising. And so when I really started getting into the advertising piece, the the thought or the mindset for a lot of like private label sellers was still is this something that i need to do like advertising is a very like cemented piece of the business when it comes to like you know your typical business like they know that they need advertising but yeah people are super scrappy and coming into it it's like hey do i really need to spend on this can i just you know because you're already spending on things like product sourcing and the listing and the images there's so many things that drain resources amazon or advertising just seem like one extra piece of that and they're like can mm. i just 
not. <laughs> so the mentality was like, do I need to run this? If I need to, how? And the mentality right now has definitely shifted to, okay, this is a necessity. How do I do it? Um, but as people started asking those questions and really trying to figure it out for themselves, um, I found that I could come in with a lot of the answers. So there's a lot of people asking questions. I was like, well, I have the answer to that. Sure. Cool. Let me just give you the answer. And that kind of, um, you know, led me to some sellers, started managing ads for them. And it's, that's just grown from there. Yeah. The community, I think like anyone that's been doing this a while, um, we all kind of started in that way. That was like people just asking for help and being mm -hmm. like, let me help, let me help, let me help. Um, and now it's turned into an entire industry where, you know, you have to market yourself and like, yeah. you know, there's a whole, there's competitors and like, but at the beginning it was like, you know, it was Upwork, it was Facebook groups, it was, you know, the meetups. Um, I'm in Kansas City and why we have like a good startup culture here and like, you know, um, we were first get fiber and it's a, it's a booming city, probably about 2 million. There's still like not really a lot going on for e-commerce or Amazon as far as like meetups or like a community or anything like that. So for me, even here in the Midwest, um, which Florida actually has a lot more going on depending on where you are. But for me here in the Midwest, almost everything has been virtual, mm -hmm. um, you know, virtual meetups or virtual, um, you know, conferences or masterminds like we're a part of. Um, and that's what's like, that's what's been kind of cool about the the industry in general is the grassroots part of it. And like kind of really how it really started out as a community of people helping other people, um, yeah. which I think is, as, is pretty cool as far as industries go. Um, on the advertising side, like when did you first start dabbling with advertising? Was it like wholesale? Was it private label? Was it like yeah, you know, just trying um, to get products to move is really when you started advertising? Yeah, so mostly the private label. Um, because a lot of times like with, with retail arbitrage or with wholesale, one, the margins tends to be a little bit smaller. So there's less wiggle room for advertising, but then also depending on if it's like something that you're replenishing a lot. And again, we were just like really getting into it. So it's not like we had, okay, so these are my tried and true products that I know move and I'm constantly replenishing when you're dealing with a lot of one-offs. Um, a lot of times the cost to run advertising just doesn't make sense. You kind of piggyback mm -hmm. on the already like the demand that's already there for that particular product is what you're working with. Yeah, I want to talk to people a little bit about how ads really work. And, you know, um, I've been in this space 11 years. I've seen, you know, the ads become available like in 2015 and it was different then. It's completely different now. There's all different types of like product advertising product that we can use now that wasn't available then mm -hmm. um and you know there's an aspect of it that's like amazon's data is hidden from the sellers for the most part there's data there's all kinds of data don't get me wrong but like in comparison to a website and everyone knows that amazon keeps the data pretty close to the chest well with advertising is kind of one of the main ways that you get data in general mm -hmm. on this platform, whether it's like, you know, keyword data or customer purchase behavior or any of those kinds of things. Um, and at the beginning it was just like, let me get visibility to my products. And it was like, just trying to get people to even understand that Amazon now had an advertising platform. Now it's so much more sophisticated in regards to like your organic ranking um, doing well on Amazon or the keywords in your listing and the copy and the images that convert 
Um, and so there's this strategy a lot of times of like, well, depending on who you're working with, do we need top of funnel, which is like people who know mm -hmm. about my brand? Is it like, do I need to advertise directly on the keywords that matter that I should be showing up for? Do I need to like defend my like real estate on Amazon, meaning don't let someone else show up on my product page? Um, you know, and I, I think a lot of people don't understand that it's a live auction as well. And what I mean by that is you're saying I'll pay a dollar to show up. Someone else can say I'll pay a dollar oh five. And if they do, like they're going to show up instead of you. And so there's this constant need to manage and and change things around. Um you know, I, I've always struggled, like being in this in the beginning before people started coming on board with like really pushing their brands on Amazon, mm -hmm. communicating exactly, you know, how it works and why it's needed. And I think that's why there's such a need for advertising partners um, to be there to help people navigate this. But it's an absolute must. Like, you know, I had a I had a meeting right before this podcast with a couple of my advertising guy, my account manager, my advertising guy came in. They're like, hey, we have a call with this client coming up this afternoon. Um, and we're putting together like an ad plan for him uh, because the CPC cost is around $13 a mm. click on the keywords yeah. we want. And so we're having to get really creative with the way that we're going to grow the brand. Um, and there's just like, there's a deep understanding that, that you need to have in order to really like navigate Amazon's ads. Um, but like, as things change, like, let's talk about just like, you know, I don't want to get into the details of like ad structure or like, mm -hmm. you know, kind of how some of that works, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, like specifically like data and driving traffic, let's talk about some of those things. Like what's some of the, let's just get into a specific question. Like what's some of the data that you think is important that we can get from ads? For that, that's a really good question. And I loved your point about comparing it to like a website, like your own website. You know, like if you if you have your own website running, you can take a look at your Google Google Analytics. Like, hey, where where what searches are people finding my product from? How is this working? Um, now, the theme with Amazon has been uh, definitely access to more data. So I am definitely loving that. There's like new dashboards coming out that everyone's geeking out about. Like it's amazing. So we do still have like a little bit more insights, but still not the level of insights that you can get through the advertising. So the one main thing I think to keep in mind when it comes to Amazon advertising for the most part is the fact that it is definitely search-based. Um, so there's a lot of other platforms, like you're looking at audiences, that's a whole nother ballgame. But on Amazon, people are going in to find products. And the benefit of Amazon advertising and the kind of data you can get back is you can take a look. I mean, there's other external tools or, you know, at some point you can even start looking into your own data. Where are shoppers looking for products like mine? Where does my product fit into the ecosystem? Where do I know that I can snag the eyeballs that I'm looking to convert? So you run that analysis and then you run those ads and you say, okay, so I know that my segment of shoppers, um, you know, I'm selling a metal water bottle that's pink. I'm going to look for shoppers that are looking for pink metal water bottles. These are my shoppers. This is what they are searching for. I know they're looking for my product. And what you can do is you can look at the data after you start running those ads and say, hey, I'm getting in front of shoppers. You know, if you want to compare it to a shopper funnel, personal opinion, I don't think it fits as neatly as we would like it to. You know, the whole like uh, discovery journey, yeah. and, you know, purchase phase. Shoppers still go through that funnel. It's a bit hard to direct it again, again because it's search based. But you can still say, okay, 
how many people are finding my products like impressions okay like how many impressions am i getting what's the search okay so now that they go to search okay now clicks people are interested in my product where's the disconnect are they clicking are they not clicking and then purchase from that what's my conversion rate on this and you can run that you know again you're still looking ultimately to make a purchase and ideally you want to make some profits on those purchases, but you can also use it as sort of a feedback loop to say, hey, I know my shopper segmentation is here. If I'm advertising a pink metal water bottle and shoppers are looking for a pink metal water bottle, but they are not purchasing mine, what's wrong? And that allows you to get very specific feedback on your specific product versus just throwing it up on Amazon saying, hey, maybe I can run some analysis of where I'm showing up, but I'm not really sure. I get my overall conversion rate and that's great, but I would really like to see how I convert on very specific segments of the market. And that's definitely some feedback that you can gain through advertising that you cannot get that specific at this point. Yeah, I think like in comparison, what I, I feel like what I can get on Amazon versus even what I can get on the website sometimes is just so much more granular on Amazon. Like mm -hmm. I know exactly that bar accessories are or bartending kit or at home bartending kit, like the difference in all three and how they all convert and what I should be focused on. And you can go out there and read other people's data. Okay, you can go out there and say you can use these third party tools and say merchant words or helium 10 or whatever and say, I know that pink water bottle gets 15,000 searches a month. Well, that doesn't tell you how that traffic does to your listing. That doesn't mm -hmm. say like how much of those 15,000 you're getting. That doesn't, you know, in that 15,000 is a scraped amount anyway, right? So it's not exactly accurate down to the, down to the number. Um, so like how that interacts with your products is completely different than what you're getting when you're just looking at raw data. And, you know, for me, at least, like, just speaking to the data, because so many people focus on the ACOS and tacos and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. And I'm like, it's really the data that's the absolute goldmine if you're thinking holistically with e-commerce, because now you've got the specific keywords that you know are converting and they're amazing on Amazon. Well, if you had a holistic strategy, you're, you're then going and writing blog articles, or you're putting that in your graphics, or you're putting that in your Instagram ad, or you're putting that... Because while they might be on Instagram, you know that a majority of customers are searching pink water bottle. And mm -hmm. so then you're like, well, I'm just going to show the pink one and I'm going to say pink water bottle. And while they might yeah. not be searching it on Instagram, they're going to see it and resonate with that. So that data becomes invaluable. Um, and I think that most of the times, at least like with us, whenever we come across a product, you know, you might put in 10 keywords and you do your research, you launch a product, you put 10 keywords in there you think are amazing. You put it up and you're like, okay, let's see how it does. And that's like one, a lot of people just assume that the keywords they chose are the right ones. Well, that's yes. not the case. You need to use the advertising to validate those 10. And then like, you know, um, getting those seen faster is where advertising comes in. So it's not just validation. It's also like the visibility. Um, and all these things have to do without even getting a sale, but you're learning them. That's what I mean really yeah. when I say data is like all this information you're getting that happens even without the benefit of getting a sale and a customer. Um, and a lot of times when we find a product that's not working, it's simply getting a lot of spend on keywords that aren't converting that tells me what's wrong with it. So to yeah, speak. It's like, these are the symptoms and let's go backwards from there. Yeah. And I would say also, I think it also bears in mind pointing out the other unique 
ability of Amazon advertising is the fact that it does in fact influence you, your organic rank. So basically where you're, where you are showing up on a search page, regardless of having to pay for it. Um, it's unique to the Amazon platform. Um, from my knowledge, there is no other, at least large, um, advertising platform out there that helps directly influence where you're going to show up in organic ranking. From my understanding, back in the day, Google used to do that and then quickly decided that they did not want to have a pay-to-play on their ranking because they wanted to have um, they just wanted to have better like search intent for people. They didn't want someone to be able just to push their way to the top. So there are things around that. For instance, if I have a pink water bottle doubtful I'm going to be able to be ranked for like dog toy. There are algorithms out there that like, it's not going to favor you for things like that. Um, but the way it works in the really the core of it is one of the main things that helps you rank is like sales velocity. So Amazon's assuming, Hey, if somebody's searching and purchasing this product the most from this particular search, we're going to assume that that's what that particular shopper wants. There's other things that go into it at the core that's a really big chunk. So what the advertising does is if we can get in front of those shoppers, again, you're paying to get there, and they click and then purchase through your ad, even though it's an ad, Amazon's still saying, hey, even though they paid to show up here, they still converted. So we are still assuming at some level that this is still highly relevant and shoppers are resonating with this product, even though it's through advertising. And that kind of adds to the overall pie. Um, now, the big players are definitely converting well in their organic as well as their ads. So again, it's like the whole thing together should work in synergy to help push you up in the rankings. But you definitely, yeah, it, some people are bemoaning the fact it's become a little pay to play. I would somewhat agree with that, but I would say if you still have to convert the shopper. Like you can't spend exorbitant amounts on the advertising and not convert and see any benefit of it. So while it's pay to play, you still actually got to give the shoppers what they want, which is what Amazon's interested in. They don't want a bunch of crap at the top of the search. They definitely want things shoppers resonate with. And so that's one way that they've gone about that, um, which again is very unique to Amazon advertising. Yeah, the product still reviews bad. It's yeah. like jumping the line. You're just paying to skip the line, you know, at the bar or the club. And you're like, that's what ads is doing. But you're, you're all still going into the same place. And, you know, these conversations are actually really, really difficult with the larger brands. And if they're not native to Amazon or they haven't been in Amazon a while with a, you know, a dedicated team. Like I'm working with a, um, a Fortune 500 company, one of the biggest like food companies in the world. And they, um, you know, they have very specific different teams with different goals mm -hmm. internally. They have an organic team. They have a paid media team. They have like, you know, so these teams don't necessarily work together. They have their own initiatives. And we're literally trying to like change the entire way they've done business because in, in other ecosystems outside of Amazon, it doesn't work like that where organic and paid are working together. Like if you launch a new product from scratch, in 2022, not like mm -hmm. 2012, but like, you know, you launch a new product in 2022, um, you could have an amazing product. You could have great keywords that you chose from scratch. When you first start selling your organic, your percentage of sales that are organic are going to be next to nothing. It mm -hmm. takes time. It takes absolute time. Um, and so you're going to be heavy on the ad side. Well, if you don't have those keywords in the listing, you're always going to stay high on the ad side. Like it's mm -hmm. like it balances out over time. And I remember when 
um, like the review giveaways were really how you launch products on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, like, here's a free product, leave us a review. And the review, um, the algorithm basically like uh, prioritized reviews over everything else. Mm-hmm. They fixed that. And I remember in those times, like being so excited just as like a little bit of a geek being like, I believe that if I do exact match on these keywords and I have mm-hmm. these keywords in my listing and I'm tracking my keyword rank, I can watch it move up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no one was really talking about that. No one was really pushing that because it was this mixture of ads and SEO that no one was really doing uh, because it hadn't existed before. It truly was novel. And um, I just remember being like seeing it work before everyone was, you know, before everything got super complicated, it was a lot easier to see your results and like, you know, yeah. what you're doing to see the the effects of them. And I remember just being so geeked out about it, knowing that like, guys, like, I don't need these giveaways. I don't need super URLs. I don't need mm-hmm. black hat. I don't need this. I don't need that. If you guys do it the right way, like, and this is the right way, we can rank products on Amazon over and over and over again. And if they take away these hacks, I don't really care. You know, if right. we have the budget, we can, we can do that. So I know that's a bit of a, of a rant, but like, I know for a fact that it works. And so regardless of people saying that it does or doesn't, you know, if you've done it enough times and seen it. And so because of that, it's like ads, the way the ads work on Amazon is not just to drive traffic and sales, but it's to get data, um, all kinds of data that tells you so much about your brand, your company that you can't get on Google or Walmart or anywhere else. And then, and then the other one being um, that organic, your organic rank. So you want to have great organic ranking. You want to have to not pay ads. Well, ads helps you get there and here's how, and here's how you do it. And so you have an ad strategy that's now like, okay, I want people to know about my brand and I'm allocating a certain Mm -hmm. amount of budget to here. I have a certain amount. I want to protect my brand and my listings. I have a certain amount that I want to um, just push my organic keywords. I think are important. And you, you start to get these like, more complex strategies than just like on or off and, and ACOS. Um, and whenever I think the perspective of like, I'm getting this and I'm getting this and I'm getting this and I'm getting mm-hmm. this seems so much more valuable than just like, I'm spending what to get this sale. Yeah. You know, there's a lot more to it. Yeah. I, and I would a hundred percent agree with that. I think it's, again, it goes back to the ecosystem and understanding, like for instance, like Facebook, every marketplace, every ad platform has, a way that you should view it. Yes, you definitely want to look at, you know, ROI. That makes total sense. I mean, real ads still has a place in any advertising analysis, but definitely on the Amazon advertising like ecosystem, there's more, I guess there's more things you should factor into the ROI is probably a better way to put it. Um, Because definitely if we're talking Facebook ads, if we are talking Google ads, again, those are completely divorced from any other, um, you know, rankings or visibility. Like you're simply paying for that visibility. What's my return on that visibility? Okay, these are my hard numbers. Yes or no. And maybe you go a a second farther and you calculate like lifetime value of the customer. That's probably how you should think of it is like lifetime value of a customer. Yes, it's not per customer, but it's per value of ranking on that search page. It's probably a better way to look at it. So instead of just evaluating, oh, you know, maybe the ROI of my ads is slightly negative if we're just looking at it from an ad sale perspective. But when we factor in the fact that your total sales are growing, 
um, your organic rankings growing. We're seeing the positive signals and we actually can calculate that the account is positive on a whole. Well, then if we're losing out on, say, 30 percent, but we're positive on the 100 percent. And in fact, you know, the total sales is greater than it would be had we not done these ads. Well, then it probably makes more sense for us to continuously run them. So I think now, especially as things have gotten more competitive, you're talking like $13 clicks. As any ad platform matures, you're going to see increases in ad costs. It's just the way it works. There's people moaning about Facebook ad costs increasing right now. There's people moaning about Google ad costs increasing right now. Guarantee you, give it a little bit, people are going to be whining about Walmart ads increasing. It's just, it's the name of the game. It's the way it works. And so what you have to do is find a more sophisticated way to play the game. And to find a more sophisticated way to play the game, you need to have a more sophisticated and holistic look at your data set, be able to actually read the numbers, actually understand what is something that I'm willing to have a little bit less ROI on? Where do I need to see that, you know, positive ROI? Like it's very easy if you look at the total account and you say, okay, so we're negative net margins at this point. Here's my runway and like add dollars. I need to hit this by this. I think that's a reasonable conversation. But if somebody's up positive month over month on their total sales and total margins, and then they're looking at this one tiny piece of the business and saying, this is you know, we need to get positive here. It's like, well, I can do that for you, but I can't guarantee that all these other benefits and your ranking and your total sales numbers. And in fact, a lot of those cases in the conversations I'm having is like, I can pretty much guarantee you, are we to make the changes you're requesting? You will actually see decreases in your total sales numbers. And it doesn't matter if you're up 50, you know, like say you get 50% margins, 50% of a much lower number is actually going to result in much less dollars in your bank account. So, hey, let's do that math and let's figure out like, hey, you're actually sitting top 25 on this keyword. Yes, we're maintaining a heavy ad presence, but we've run those tests. It requires the heavy ad presence and we can run the math and say this actually keeps you positive and growing your brand overall. So maybe it's a bet that we should be taking right now. Very well said. I just wanted to let you ramble that out because I think that's that's a clip that we have to grab. Um, you know, it's that context, it's that strategy, it's that big picture mindset of of where do we go from here. I want to ask a little bit about what to do with those thirteen dollar cost per clicks. Like when you're like, okay, we have to like we need to get data, we need to learn, we need to grow sales. What are some of the strategies we can do either with sponsored product and our traditional product there, or maybe even DSP? Before we jump into that specific question. Um, shout out to our sponsor, FullScale.io. Finding ex expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit FullScale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the FullScale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit FullScale.io to learn more. Um, FullScale is amazing, and we wouldn't be able to do this show without our sponsors. Um, if you're really into just like cool websites and, and, and cool teams and, and hiring and things like that, try fullscale.io simply to be able to look at their team and how they've built out their site. Um, it's absolutely awesome. All right, Liz. So let's talk a little bit of strategy here, like in the next 10 minutes or so, um, you know, I have some ideas, but like when you're up, depending on what product you're selling and what category you're in, mm -hmm. rising CPC costs is, is like subjective. Like it doesn't, not everyone is out of the game. Some people are doing just fine. It hasn't gone up that much. It's a small percentage of that. 
Others are dealing with like, let's say some manufacturers or some brands or some competitors in a space where they're just mm-hmm. like monsters. And, yeah. you know, whether it's supplements, whether it's um, bicycles, whether it's like, you know, TVs. Yeah. You're up against some players that have massive, massive ad budgets. And for them, they understand all their data. They understand their customer lifetime value. They understand, you know, what it takes to be number one. And so uh, in some cases like this one, you see ad costs going up to $13 for a direct response, like, you know, keyword search. Mm-hmm. And that's just not sustainable if you're a smaller brand trying to get new customers, trying to be profitable on the platform. You know, in this particular instance, I think the item we're selling is like less than 30 bucks. So somewhere mm-hmm. between 25 and 30. Yeah. That's like half your margin in a click. And if you don't convert on that click, you know, it's not going to work. So that alone is not a reasonable strategy. You have to think, okay, do we do we day part and like wait till these brands run out of budget? Are they going to run out of budget? Like, we mm-hmm. don't know. Um, do we go after a whole bunch of long tail keywords that like, you know, maybe they're not going after and there's some gaps. Okay. We can't find any of those. Maybe there aren't any available. Maybe it's a specific product that doesn't have a lot of like alternative keywords. Um, what are some other options? And I know I mentioned DSP, but what are some other options? Um, you know, how would you go about kind of that strategy of trying to acquire new customers, um, without going directly at those main keywords? Yeah, and that's definitely that's a hard scenario. Like I don't think there's any way to dice to dice that. So we're and I hear this from a lot of sellers. It's like how can I win in the market? Like how can I play? Like you're telling me I need to find a way to play the game. What's my game? Like what's my play? Um and I think you really touched the nail on the head and like big brands coming into the space, people starting to realize the value of ranking in search and so being willing to pay a little bit more. And a lot of times they'll, they're running at a loss and that's why they can pay those $13 clicks. Either they have an entire product line that is positive. So they're willing to take a sustained loss on maybe a new product, you know, just be able to push it up in search. Um, or, you know, they just have a big backing. And so I actually have a video coming out. One of my comments in it was like, Amazon's not just trying to take your money. I'm sure they're more than happy with the extra ad dollars. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm sure they're absolutely thrilled about that line in their P&L going up year over year. Um, but it's really, it's your competitors recognizing the value of that search and they're recognizing the value of getting in front of that many eyeballs. Um, so like you were saying, you just have to find out if that's a space that you can play in. Can I afford to pay in this play in this space? I say that a lot from like new sellers who are trying to build it out, build it out on their own. They'll take a look at that search and say, oh my gosh, if I ranked here, like look how many sales I can get because look how much the top dog's doing. And what they're not factoring in is the time that it takes to get there because the big dogs are there for a reason. And how we talked about like sustained sales volume on a particular search, they have demonstrated time and time again to Amazon that they can sustain massive sales volume on that. So you have to get in front of that and sustain higher sales volumes to be able to rank at all. And if you're paying for that, then you can imagine, you know, the more competitive is typically the longer it takes to like kick out the big dogs. And if you got to pay the whole way, it's best to pick the backs where you actually can afford to pay for a long time. Um, so yeah, I mean, your strategy of looking at other keywords in this space, I think it's good. One thing that I've found is a lot of times on more competitive categories. Yes, the top keywords are 
bananas sometimes with the cost per clicks that are needed. But oftentimes, because there's so much search volume in the space, there's often a wide variety of additional keywords um, that still have decent search volume. When I'm talking decent, at least in the couple thousand search volume. Um, and so what we like to do in spaces if there's a search volume to do it, and if we can, is look at niching down at where we fit better in the market. So for instance, like water bottle, I can guarantee you water bottle or even metal water bottle is bananas right now. I'm sure it's like ridiculous cost per clicks, a new person coming in, like you don't have a chance. Cool. Maybe I have a pink one. Maybe I'm appealing to women. Okay, so what's what is that segment of the market look like? Like how expensive is that one? Um, maybe I have like a rubber coating on mine. So I have like rubber coating women. So you try and like, because that's what you should be doing when you um, are bringing a product to market. It's like, hey, what is the market looking for? What are people clamoring for? You know, how can I build a better mousetrap? How can I add this thing? People are asking about this. People are asking about that. Okay, let me give the market what it wants. So it's oftentimes what new sellers on Amazon are trying to do. So if you can identify where those segments of the market are purchasing, then you can try targeting that. So that's actually my my favorite way to get into the market is like, you know, kind of almost like spearhead it. And oftentimes like the amount of keywords you find there, might only be five, but I'm like, hey, if I can pay less to rank on five and at least get sales, you know, off of those, you know, ideally at maybe even profitable sales, even through the ads, um, that's my first play oftentimes. Um, other kind of like hacky, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say if it's even hack. And, it, and with all of these, it's like test. Okay, so like run that, can I rank here, test it. Like we were talking about data feedback, um, you know, we're targeting our market. Is our market converting? We, we sure hope they are. Um, and you also can do things, uh, product targeting. So I talked about Amazon advertising being very much search-based and it is, but there are other, other places that you can show up on the platform and mainly the, um, like on other people's product pages, there's like carousels at the bottom. Probably most of your listeners have shopped on Amazon. So you know how there's like other products all over a page. Like when you click on to look at something, um, a lot of those are ads. And I, in fact, almost all of them, I think are ads. So you can pay to get those spots. Sometimes those are useful if you can convert off of a top competitor. We actually were able to get, um, for those of your listeners who are like deep in the Amazon world, there's something called like an Amazon choice badge. I believe it's when you're getting, I forget the actual, you probably know what all goes into that calculation of getting it, but those there's are- like four or five things, but it has to do with like, yeah customer satisfaction with the product has to do with like it's obviously connect connected to the alexa which is like what the yeah. choice badge um so anyone doing voice search like if you're like pink water bottle and you have amazon's choice for pink water bottle like the alexa is mm-hmm. going to order that one for you um which i think is going to be massive in the yeah. near future um yeah. i'm not sure of all the little things that you, you know it's four yeah, or five things knows? i think that we just know be, it yeah. puts like when you're shopping in that search, it gives you a nice little choice badge, which is great. It, you know, breeds um, confidence of shoppers in your products. We're actually able to get an Amazon choice badge through product targeting. So I know that there is some keyword association that happens when you are converting off of product pages. So that might be a good thing. Again, as with anything, you want to make sure that you're actually converting on whatever you're advertising. I'm like, that's the name of the game. Uh, 
not only because we want to make sales, because those are, again, a big part of like the positive feedback that Amazon looks for when it comes to evaluating like how you're doing on a specific placement. Um, so yes, we want to make those sales because we want the money, let's be honest, but we also want to make those sales because it's, again, one of the positive things. Um, so that's what you're constantly evaluating. It's like, hey, okay, so I'm running these tests. Where am I actually converting? What's working for me? How can I double down on that? And then um, you know, if I'm proven it's not converting either, maybe I'll do an analysis and say like, oh my goodness, why am I not converting? This is like, this is where my shopper is. Why are they not liking my products? Or you might say, well, actually turns out that's not actually my shopper base. I thought they were, but you know, I've gained data enough to know that they weren't. No, that's, that's amazing. And I think you're exactly right. It's like, it's test, 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 test. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is where off Amazon to Amazon traffic can be so beneficial. This is where Amazon DSP, which is basically, you know, um, using Amazon data to mm -hmm. advertise on competitors or off Amazon. There's a whole bunch of plays there retargeting. You know, your strategy might be less direct response, more broad, you know, getting it cheaper to be broad and go top of funnel. And then, you know, just count on retargeting uh, through sponsored display or DSP to kind of help you close that deal over time. And it's a different strategy than perhaps what you're doing whenever you're like pink water bottle. Mm -hmm. Instead, you start going, um, you know, uh, hiking gear, which let's say it's a lot cheaper, but then you're like, you know, you're pushing that messaging and then retargeting with them with the pink water bottle by the time they see it a few more times they're like okay this is great so um it just starts getting a lot more advanced um and a lot more strategic and you have to be able to pivot but if you go into it with a mindset with like even when we're not successful with ads we're learning um mm -hmm. you know i think it becomes like obviously if you're a, bit, a brand that stays in business you're one you're two you're three and you're not jumping teams every two seconds you're essentially that team is learning that team is like yeah. how can you not go a year or two years without just getting a ton of data um and i know that that's bandwidth and you have to stay in business and all those things but relatively um you know if you're testing one or two things at a time on top of what's working um you know you're learning a quite a bit spread out over over you know several months so it's super good this is like you know there's so much the advertising you can unpack it forever and ever and ever mm -hmm. and i know you yeah. know that but um you know what's one what's one tip as we sign off like what's one tip you would leave for any listeners that are um you know thinking about their q4 strategy just because we're mm -hmm. going to drop this like going into q4 a tip for 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 anyone going into q4 things to think about and then um you know something you you're working on there at jungler that you guys are excited about something where's your focus i guess like you know is it scaling the team is it like learning a new type of ad type um I think those would be a great way to sign off. And then lastly, like where can people find you? Yeah, definitely. Cool. So cool tip to leave somebody. Um, I am, I guess it can also segue in what I'm working on with the team is definitely data analysis. Um, so I recognize as an Amazon advertiser, like I always tell my team, I'm like, this is our lever we pull. It's advertising, you know, whether advertising goes up and down, how much are we spending on this? How does that relate to the rest of the account? But then also what we discussed before on how Amazon advertising touches organic ranking and organic ranking heavily influences like total sales in the account. So there is the yeah. ability to leverage ads to grow the account. But then again, we always have to balance it with profitability for the entire account. So what we've been working on and what I would highly recommend 
um, anyone who's looking to like level up their Amazon advertising or just your account in general is get better at reading your data. One thing that we're looking at a lot is what are our total sales? What are what is our cost of goods? What are our fees? How do our ads factor into that? And then what is our resulting like net margins? And then how much does that um, leverage into the account? I mean, I could probably explain that because that was probably like super high level. So if you really want to get like nitty gritty with it, and I, I, I liken it to knowing where to dig. Um, so what we're doing is we're saying, okay, so here's my entire product line. Like we're working with large brands. Maybe they have thousands of products. How does that individual product contribute to the overall sales of the account? What is my leverage on this one? And then what are my margins on that one particular product? And then if you want to take it a step further, calculate your dollar margins per product and then calculate the percentage of total sales that that product distributes and then calculate the percentage of total dollar margins that product contributes. And what that will give you is we've seen it actually in quite a few accounts is one product will be doing the majority of sales. So if we're only looking at it from a sales perspective, we would say, oh, great. Like we need to double, triple down on this product because it's leveraging sales. But then if you look at the dollar margins, you say, wait, actually this product is not my top contributor to my margin. So although it's bringing in the largest total sales volume, it might not be bringing in the largest total dollar amount to my bank account. So maybe I actually want to leverage my spend somewhere else. And then if I can get that top one a little bit higher in margins, well, then how, you know, how can I, um, I can actually influence a greater majority. So maybe at that point I need to focus on profitability. So getting more sophisticated, I guess, like we were talking about before, Amazon's become more of a pay to play. So we need to know like, what's our play. And really honestly, what I'm finding is that knowing the data, being able to like evaluate that, like this past Monday, I'm like, all right, team, we're learning how to make this pivot table. <laughs> like those yeah. are the kind of things that again, it, it allows us to like cut through the noise very quickly. Again, if you can put together the report, if you have the data, give me 20 minutes. I can tell you where to focus, where you need to pull the margins in, where you need to put the pedal to the metal on gas. And then that allows you to know what I need to build, where I need to build it, where I need to pull back, where, you know, it, it just, it, again, it tells you where you need to dig and where your effort is best applied is what I'm finding. Super important. And this is something you help with, right? Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. People can come to you for help for this. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we're, we're definitely doing this analysis for all our brands. Like I said, Monday, we had a team meeting and every single one of my team members was like, this is awesome. I'm doing this on my account. I didn't even have to ask them there. We're actively like wanting to find these places. Cause we know like, you know, the better we can leverage the data, the better we can help our grants grow, brands grow, um, just the better we all get overall. So yeah. I love it. And where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? Yeah, definitely. Um, the best place to connect with me if you're interested in management would be um, our website, which is jungler.com, J-U-N-G-L-R. And then if you're just wanting to connect, um, the best place to find me is on LinkedIn. Got it. Thank you, Elizabeth. Like you've been so great. And um, this is our take two. So I really appreciate yeah. uh, you coming back to, to wrap it out with me. And shout out again to our sponsor before we sign off, Fullscale.io. Do you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders? Let Fullscale help. They have the people and the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit Fullscale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions. 
and then let the platform match you up with fully vetted, highly experienced team of software engineers, testers, and leaders. At FullScale, they specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more when you visit FullScale.io. It's a mouthful sometimes, um, but without our sponsors, we wouldn't be able to push this show and deliver it to you guys for free uh, each and every week. So thanks again to our listeners for tuning in. Thanks to FullScale.io for sponsorship. And thank you, Liz, um, for your expertise on ads. I know it won't be the last time you're on the show. Um, can't wait to have you back. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks. All right, we'll see you next time, guys. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.